are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Long Box Guys. With me, as always, some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Mike, how you doing? What are you drinking? I am a little under the weather today, so I am just drinking agua. All right. LT, how you doing? What you drinking over there, buddy? I'm doing okay. I am drinking some old smoky peanut butter whiskey from Gatlinsburg, Tennessee. Home of the Fightling Gatling Guns. Josh, you're wearing a Stormline t-shirt, but I doubt that's what you're drinking today. I'm not. I'm just uh, I'm cruising on my uh, my light beer, a little Harpoon Rec League. Those stupid Rec League jackets have become my albatross. I've been trying to get you one now for two years. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Go get it. Um, oh, thank you for asking. I mean, I'm drinking uh, Jack Daniels today because I saw it on sale, and I'm like, I like some Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, Daniels from Tennessee? Damn right, from Tennessee. Did yeah. you bring it from Tennessee? I didn't. You guys all went down to Dollywood. I went to a marathon that I didn't run my wife ran, but still, I went. I clapped for two and a half miles. That's <laughs> a bore. Yeah. As I walked, my wife uh, ran, jog, loped with the dog behind my wife for the last mile or so. <laughs> and then a mile back to the car. That all counts. But yeah, that's that, <laughs> that kind of support is completely underrated. Completely. Underrated. What? I can't do one fucking transition? I can't do one lead-in? <laughs> Not one segue? <laughs> just gonna glare at me like that? Did you have something better? Segue. Fine! Fine! <laughs> segue it up! Fuck off! I actually thought you were dissing me, I'm sorry! <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm just supporting my wife! <laughs> I didn't get it! But you're right, that is underrated, and that's what we're talking about this week! Underrated movies! <laughs> I really thought John was taking a cheap shot at me. For no I was giving you the segue. It was a great segue. I missed it. So we're going to be talking about movies today, or you can veer off a little bit uh, on pop culture, but it's I think it's just movies that we think are underrated and we think had a, a profound impact on us or on pop culture itself. And there are a ton. So I want to tell the guys I think this might be one where we don't have a lot of cross- but uh, we shall see. We're going to be doing this the way we always do it. We're going to go through a list of three, maybe four, and then a couple of our uh, tight runners up, and uh, we'll see what we see. Mikey, you want to start us off? Sure, I'll. And uh, one last thing to, to make it clear: we can't talk about like Star Wars. It's not underrated. Wizard of Oz, not underrated. So uh, we're not talking about big pop culture and small ones. Sorry, go ahead, Mikey. Is uh, is a movie that I? It's one of those movies. One, if it's on, I'm watching it. I'm definitely gonna watch. I'm gonna stop and watch it. And almost, I mean, in a near zero number of people, when I'm like, "Have you ever seen this movie?" The answer is almost always no. It's uh, it's Bill Pullman and Ben Stiller, with Bill Pullman as the world's greatest private detective. And the movie is The Zero Effect. Oh, I love that movie. Great film. And, oh, that, uh, that could have made my list. That's a great movie. Pullman as Daryl Zero, just in in the the way they walk through the world that they're in, 
and how intuitive he is. And somehow, uh, sometimes that intuition takes in places you do not expect in the film. And it's really just a joyful ride of sort of the, the, the over-predicting, logical sort of uh, mentat slash detective thing taken into a really, like, personal, like, like really close, like, you just want to, you just want to hug that movie. And it's a, it's a fantastic film. I can't remember. Let's see. When, uh, when did this bad boy come out? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say around 84. I was going to say mid eighties. Yeah. No, no. 98. 98. Wow. That's a Mandela effect. Uh, it had a, uh, it had a $5 million budget. And managed four hundred thirty thousand on its opening weekend, and never, never grossed enough to exceed its budget, even when it went worldwide. Oof. So, but a yeah, brilliantly just, weird movie. Just a brilliant movie. I just I enjoy it so much. I recommend it every time. Someone's like, "Oh, I just need something quirky to watch," and I'm like, "Got it." The, the little part where he's explaining uh, – he's going through his biography, and he's talking about one of his first cases where someone had stolen someone's car keys. And on the car keys was a, 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 a key onto a, a bank vault lockbox that it could only open it for that person. And he thought it was stolen, and Daryl Zero finds it in one day after it's been missing for two years. Josh, where was that car key? It was in the, the cushions of his couch. Was in the cushion of his couch, never stolen. The guy never thought to look. So, spoiler alert, st- that's a huge plot point, by the way. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, I guess it is. Uh, and the rest of the whole movie is terrific. He's And also a very flawed character, Daryl Zero. Oh, yeah. And um, it's just an interesting great movie. Josh, that is a terrific pick. That's That might be my number one pick out of the bunch. I'm pretty calling it out. Tommy, what do you got? So I have a quirky movie also. Is it a horror film? Is it a comedy? Is it an action film? Bubba Hotep. Oh, well done, LT. I am going to clap. That was an honorable mention for me. Bruce Campbell playing an elder Elvis who is not known to be Elvis in a decrepit old age home and suddenly there's a mystery afoot and he as Elvis needs to solve it. He enlists the help of, of an African-American JFK who is in a wheelchair, which is good because they might need some wheels to solve the mystery of this mummy that's haunting the old age home. And it is a fantastic film. Uh, Bruce Campbell, of course, starring as Elvis and it is just a great film. Supposedly teases a a second film that never gets made. Goes on to spawn a comic book that was also great. Uh, yeah, just a, a fantastic film. So the black gentleman who plays gentleman who believes he's JFK uh, is Ozzie Davis, and that was Ozzie Davis's last film. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, I was actually at the premiere in Cambridge, Mass, and Bruce Campbell did the Q&A after the film uh, at the church right across the street. That's funny. I was uh, I was at the uh, world premiere in San Francisco. 
didn't afford, couldn't afford the uh, the Bruce Campbell experience at that time. It was free. It was just Campbell. You just paid for the ticket. There was no extra anything. He yeah. came in. Same he, same he <laughs> yeah, he QA'd after the movie and then went across the street to the church. I actually believe. So afterwards, I walked into the church. It was absolutely completely packed because I had stuck around to try to get uh, Campbell's signature on a couple of items. And uh, so I wa- we walk into the church, and Bruce Campbell is, of course, up at the pulpit, and the place is filled. I mean filled to the brim with people, everyone sitting, covering all the floors, everything. And I only have this really, really crappy throwaway wind-up camera, right? So it's got zero <laughs> zoom, and I really want a picture of Campbell. So I just walk down the frickin' aisle straight at him while he's talking and he's like whoa 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 where are you going and i'm like do you see this camera you will be a fucking ant from the back of the room i'm getting close and he's like all right (laughs) and i snapped a picture of him which i never developed and as i was emptying boxes last weekend i believe i have that camera and i have a time machine that'll take us to a codec film place where you can get that thing done. I know. (laughs) Who even does that anymore? But you're right, Bubba Hotep, great movie. And honestly, the first half where Campbell is just playing uh, Elvis stuck in a nursing home is brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Second half film with the mummy is okay. First half of the movie, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Another really good pick. Solid, 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 my friend. Josh, I mean, I'm sorry, Mikey, what do you got for me? So I'm going to go in a different direction. You guys know I love musicals. Uh, there's been, you know, with Ray and Johnny Cash and Ellen John, there's always been these biop musicals. And so I want to talk about my favorite one, and I think has the best soundtrack. Um, it stars Kevin Klein and Ashley Judd. And that is the lovely from 2004. It is all about not where I thought you were going, Mike. It is all about Cole Parter's life. And it's told at the end of, you know, a flashback from him talking to a person who is death at the end of his life. And he's talking about, you know, his career and all the mistakes he made and everything. And, it is delightful. It did not get a lot of love at the theater. It did, it lost money uh, on its worldwide release. It uh, cost almost nineteen million dollars to make, and it made fifteen dollars. Fifteen million dollars. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> but the soundtrack, if you guys get a chance to listen to it, it's got Robbie Williams, Alanis Morissette, Cheryl Crow, Elvis Costello, Diana Krall. It is Natalie Cole. And even Cole Porter. <laughs> um, it is really, really good. It is a great love story. Uh, I highly recommend D. Lovely. All right. I saw that a while ago, and I thought that that was a really fun one. And as soon as you started listening out the stars, I'm like, I know what that one is. Didn't I, It didn't register on my radar for this uh, topic, but it, it fits in great. Great job, Mike. I'm, I'm going to guess that Josh and LT didn't see it. You know, I think I did see it a long time ago, but I, it's, you know, it's not my type of musical. That's when you said musical, 
I immediately went to Hedwig in the Angry Inch because that's my favorite musical. It's a good musical. I mean, that has a fantastic soundtrack, very 70s Bowie-esque, a love story of sorts. And that is a, it is also fits the theme. It's an underrated movie. I agree with that. All right, for my first pick, I, I have so many, but this is really hard for me because there, there's a lot of underrated movies out there that I think are brilliant and terrific. Um, you know, I'm going to start with Rock and Roll High School. Uh, do you guys remember Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones? Oh, yeah, Ramones. Yeah, that's a terrific, and for me, this is very personal because it was like one of the first movies where they show this alternate universe where everything is kind of fun and quirky and stupid. And, uh, you know, it, it really made me think that maybe the world could be fun and quirky and stupid. Stupid. And that would be great. I would love that way more than my world. And uh, so um, a couple of things come up in this movie that I think are, are, are fun. Uh, first of all, you see, um, uh, what's Ron Howard's brother's name? Uh Mr. Howard. <laughs> the other actor that's Ron Howard's brother. He's been in a little bunch Clint. of Star Trek. Clint, thank you very much. So Clint Howard stars uh, is, I don't think he stars in it, but he's one of the, the actors in it. And it's kind of fun to see him as a person. He's not a monster. He's not a baby. He's not something crazy. He's Clint Howard. And it's great. And uh, there's a couple of fun things that come up that I think kids won't even understand anymore, but it's still relatable. Like waiting in line for tickets. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore, does it? Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, I was even trying to think of, do kids wait in line for multiple days for anything anymore? And the only thing I could think of is maybe for uh, iPhones and stuff. I was going to say new iPhones. Or sneakers. Yeah. yeah. Some, of the, some of my sneakerhead buddies, they'll, they'll line up for a day. Like even two days. Yeah. But back in the day, it wasn't it wasn't uncommon to camp out for two days, and in some extreme instances, even like a week for tickets. Yeah. Uh, I never did it, but yeah. We don't do that anymore. Uh, you, I, I think I remember you doing a midnight run once with uh, uh, Hal. I know Hal did it once. Oh, yeah, we did plenty of ticket runs back in the day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where you'd wait for like a day or so. It was crazy. And uh, I saw that, and it kind of brought me back. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember doing that. (laughs) It was nuts. Rock and Roll High School, terrific fun movie. Ramones are hilarious in it for no fucking reason whatsoever, but they're still funny. And uh, I had a good time with that movie. Josh, what do you got next? My next movie is a little more on the serious tip. Uh, It's, uh, I think, probably... One of, uh, why can't I think of his name? Because I'm bad with names. Uh, probably one of uh, Clooney's least watched films. Is this the oh. Batman movie he made? No, that's what should have been his least watched film. There's a difference. <laughs> is it Leatherheads? Uh, is it Leatherheads? Peacemaker. Now, it is Michael Clayton. Oh. Um, did very very poorly at the box office not a lot of love for that movie and it's that it really just struck an emotional tone with me um and also um the tom wilkinson has a has a uh, a soliloquy in that movie that just that just hits home so every time i watch it i just uh yeah, he's just a he's just a fixer for a law firm, 
and it's just time to do something right rather than fix what's wrong. And I just, I don't know. The movie just gets me. It's a good movie. It just, it wasn't one that I would have thought of for this category right off the top of my head, but it's a good movie. I'm with you. Yeah. Leatherheads, by the way, would never have made this list for me, but it's still a pretty good movie. I, I enjoy that stupid-ass movie. It's about the early days of football. Clooney's yeah. in it. It's stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. LT, what do you got next? Uh, Chasing Amy. I, I don't think that's underrated. I don't think that's underrated. Um, I think I think that, if anything, overrated. Okay. Then Iron Sky? <laughs> okay, I yeah. love Iron Sky. <laughs> LT, I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to poo-poo your thing. <laughs> Don't go back to Chasing Amy if that's the No, no, no. I actually picked up Iron Sky. Were you you baited switching us? Yes, I did. Bill, you okay? Okay. Good on you. I think you might be lying right now, but that's okay. I'm going to let you go. I got three movies. I had three new movies in there. (laughs) (laughs) Iron Sky, a story of the Third Reich laying in wait on the moon waiting to retake the earth fantastic film fantastic for the budget fantastic for the film budget? the budget, the budget. <laughs> do we have like a graph like budget good movie uh, that is a no, fun give us the plot a little bit there else come up so so you know the nazis being defeated during the second world war hit out in a secret base on the moon. They've been waiting to, to launch their counterattack. They have nothing but analog computers. They don't have any real computers to talk of. So they've been patiently waiting, rebuilding their forces. Suddenly they get a hold of an iPhone. <laughs> and that is when they realize it's time to strike back <laughs> and launch their offensive. And it is just a hilarious science fiction uh, comedy about the Third Reich trying to, once again, take over the world. Uh, It's Nazis in space with the rest of the world trying to fight back, and it is just hilarious. And one guy knows it's coming, but they don't believe him. (laughs) They don't believe him. (laughs) Why don't they believe him, LT? Because who's going to believe that there are Nazis in space? <laughs> There's a lot of reasons I believe that. There's also. a lot of reasons. But, you know, one of my favorite parts is that all of these nations have agreed not to have space weapons. They've all signed a pact not to have space weapons. In real life, yes. In real life and in this story. And, of course, once there's a, an offensive from space coming from the moon, all of these different countries launch there are spaceships that have space weapons. <laughs> the good thing we didn't trust you guys. <laughs> good thing we didn't trust you. See, it all worked out. And of course, the woman president of the United States is like, son of a bitch. I knew you guys were lying. <laughs> that's a good That's a good pick. Uh, I, I enjoy that movie a lot. I, I do recommend that movie to other uh, friends of mine. What do you got next, Sarah? Mikey? So the next one I have on my list is the only movie on my list that made money. Uh, it, it was a budget of $11 million and it ended up making a little over $17 million. 
So it did all right at the box office, but not great for a 2001 film. It was stars and was directed by Bill Paxton. Uh, It also has Matthew McConaughey and Powers Booth and a couple of very young actors who do an amazing job. This movie is called Frailty. Oh, Frailty, yes. That's a great movie. Uh, and, oh, that actually gets it right to the end. Yeah, uh, Josh, LT, have you seen Frailty? I don't think I so. I don't think so. Yeah, see, this oh. is why it's it's criminally oh. underrated. If you're looking for a supernatural psych, uh, a psychological thriller, this is the one for you. Without giving anything away too much, Matthew McConaughey goes as an adult to the FBI, to Powers Booth, the FBI agent, and tells him, hey, I know who the God's Hand killer is. And then he proceeds to tell the backstory of his father, Bill Paxton, comes to him and his brother one night and says, God has given me divine sight. And when I touch a person, I can see if they're a demon or not. And I need you kids to come with me and help me kill the demons. And, of course, the kids can't see. Uh, well, one of them eventually claims to, and the older brother's like, you're lying. He's just killing people. It is an excellent movie. It has you on your seat guessing the whole way. You will second-guess yourself like four times during this movie. Yeah, definitely well worth the watch, especially for the late, great Bill Paxton. He did, He was such a great actor, but after watching this movie, I'm like, why didn't he direct more movies? Because he is really good. All right. I'll put that on the watch list right away. Wow. I'm sorry that Bill Paxton said. I remember he was dead, but I kind of obliterated him from my mind. <laughs> yeah, young. Yeah, yeah young. Soon. Poor guy. Too soon. Way too soon. What do you got, uh, Tom? Thank you for asking. I have a movie that really affected me and my love of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, yep. Josh already knows what it is. is does it star Tom Hanks? It does not start talking. Okay, so it's not Mazes and Monsters. Okay. Josh, you want to say the name? It's uh, with fucking the stupid archer guy. It's uh, That's right. It should have been called Hawk the Mass Murderer. Hawk the Slayer. But it was called Hawk the Slayer. We've all seen it. We've oh, all God. seen it. Yeah. Oh, my God. This movie amazing. does not hold up. Oh, oh, oh contraire, mon frere. I've uh-huh. watched this movie at least three times a year. Never, never sober. But I always watch this movie three times a year. It is a great get the party together, get the bad guy. Oh my, who's uh, uh, Jack Palance? Thank you. I'm doing push-ups. Jack Palance as this supernatural one-eyed villain in a Dungeons and Dragons movie is sublime. If you're a fan of pork, he's really hamming it up. Oh my God, he. I almost want to say literally wrong just to screw with my wife. Eats the scenery in every single scene just to show off. It's insanely funny the way he is overacting and having a good time doing it. I mean, Jack Palance was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. In everything he was in. Yeah. And he did this movie correctly. This was an over-the-top Dungeons & Dragons movie. It needed an over-the-top villain. And he hissed. And he growled, and he menaced nuns, <laughs> all for effect. And he had this eye, like, my eye is burning. 
and spittle and choke out these words. And it was the perfect portrayal of this evil character. And he did a great job. And they kill so many people. <laughs> the body count in this movie is off the charts. It wow. affected how I play Dungeons and Dragons because for a while I allowed Archer, Elven Archers, to fire four shots around. Uh, just because. Of, uh, and then uh, if you wanted, you could get a repeated crossbow like the dwarf had. <laughs> I love that repeating crossbow. God damn it. I love that repeating crossbow. So Hawk does that. I think he's underrated. A couple of things about that movie. First of all, right. if we're talking body count, yes. A lot of uh, people died in the yeah. movie. But if you actually boil that down to the number of people who played those people, it was probably three. <laughs> it was the same three people who died. There's a one time when the archer – I can't remember the archer's name. Uh, uh, Gilder, Gilder Goldwine? Maybe. <laughs> uh, he was jumping over this log and shooting his arrows like three times. They had that fucking scene on repeat. Oh, yeah. Like four times during the movie, we jump on like, boop, 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 boop. and about fifty percent of the scenes Jack Palance is in. I would just like to see when the film trailed off after the actual scene, so we can see Jack Palance going like, "What am I even talking about? What am I talking? What am I doing here? What's my motivation? I have one eye. I tried to fuck his wife, and his wife poked my eye. Is that what happened? Is that what happened? <laughs> Uh, yeah. this, is a, this is a great movie, and I do think it's underrated because it's so much fun to watch. Um, oh, it's definitely underrated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh, what do you have next, buddy? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a movie where, once again, um, it was it was a fairly big-budget film, and I just realized I have Ben Stiller in two of my movies. Um, it's a remake of a Danny Kaye film, and it has one of my favorite soundtracks in recent history, and that is um, uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh. Well, I knew uh, that was a remake. You knew that was a remake. Yeah, of a Danny Kaye movie. I just said that. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said I didn't know it was a remake. Oh, no, I, I like, knew. Yeah, you knew it was a remake. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, no. I, I, had, I, and I still have not seen the original. Oh, it's great. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's just another one of those movies that it's like when you catch your life out of the corner of your eye and you think about how things are how different and split and what you do and what you could be doing and uh, and man, such a good goddamn soundtrack. Yeah, it's a good soundtrack. LC must like that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah it's good. Uh, you know what? I'm going to jump because that brings me oh. to my uh, other next one uh, because they're they're kind of connected in a weird way. Uh, Joe versus the volcano. Do you guys remember this movie? Oh, I love Joe versus the volcano. It's a great yeah. movie. That for some reason I have the two kind of intertwined in my mind. They're underrated. They show this world where a guy's kind of living in his own imagination a little bit, and um, they just have that same feel to me. So I wanted to yeah. put that on next to yours. Uh, do you guys remember? Did you guys all see Joe vs. the Volcano? This is a Tom Hanks film. Dozens yeah. of times, yeah. I've, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not just saying dozens of times because 
that's another one of those movies where it's on. I'll leave it on. Oh, yeah. Up until they get to the island at the end, it's a great movie. Yeah, there's a little little weird at the end. It gets a little squishy with the orange soda thing, but other than that, yeah. like... And the yeah. uh, the little part where he's talking about, like, these ultra... Like, and we're speaking out of suits. Like, also, Ozzy Davis. Yeah, the there you go. Yeah. Oh. And he's the guy, that, he's the suit guy. Yeah. Where, where should I go to get a suit? What are you asking me? I can't tell you what... I don't know you as a man. I gotta know you as a man before I can tell you where to get a suit. Tell me what you are as a man first. And I'm like, that is a great fucking scene. Yeah. God damn it. Good movie. Yeah. yeah. Such a good so, movie. Good movie. Good movie. So mine also has some common traits with Josh's. Mine is the Royal, Royal Tenenbaums. It has an absolutely fantastic soundtrack. It does. And it also features Ben Stiller. Also, yeah. <laughs> It has an absolutely stellar cast, and for the cast that it has, it should have been rated much higher than it was. I love that movie. This is a fantastic movie. Uh, I wouldn't say it's underrated, though. For the cast that it has, Maybe. I I think it really should be rated much higher than it, it was. Um, remind and, me the name of the guy who directed Wes Anderson. Yeah, because that's all it could have been. Like, that's a Wes Anderson love letter to Wes Anderson. There is so much stuff in this movie, in the background of this movie, that is just awesome and weird and fantastic. That just make the movie, that, like, every time you watch it, there is something different that you notice about this film. And that is one of the things that just make it so great, along with the fact that it has fantastic acting and is well-written and is well-acted and has a, a one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. It's a good soundtrack. It was uh, Wes Anderson's second movie. He had made Bottle Rocket before, which is also uh, an underrated movie. movie. Yeah. Um, Wait, Rushmore wasn't before Tenenbaums? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, I think Rushmore was before Tenenbaums. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm blowing shit out of my ass. Don't <laughs> ignore me. I'm going to go mute myself. Bottle Rocket is another great movie, though. Yeah. Well, Wes Anderson is almost his own subgenre. He's an acquired taste. Yeah, like... And his films almost never do well on openings. But they make the long they make the long track, right? Yeah, like The Life Aquatic. Like, it's yeah. just a... a but like a but I that think... You really have to absorb. But this, this film, I think, rises to the top. I mean, yeah, The Life Aquatic has a great soundtrack, but that's mostly because it's, you know, David Bowie songs, which you can't really go wrong with. Right, but this is just a. The man's fan- not wrong. <laughs> this is just a fantastic conglomeration of music that works well with the film. It does. You know, nothing's nothing's shoehorned in. All those songs. Even I mean, all the instrumentals are fantastic. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm a Wes Anderson fan. Like I, I generally enjoy his films. Um, so I can, I can see why you consider it underrated i mean eventually it does very well right it, it, it's not an, like i said they're not they're never blockbusters right wes yep. anderson's are slow burns and i think especially once we got into the age of streaming movies people were like i'm not sitting my ass in a chair for two and a half hours without a fucking break watching wes anderson like i need to pause shit and maybe even rewind a couple of times because I know that whatever was in that picture at the top of the stairs is probably the fucking linchpin for the whole goddamn movie, and I miss it. 
Right? And the combination for that luck is probably the day Abraham Lincoln was killed, so I gotta double check that. You cannot take a piss at a Wes Anderson movie. It's just not a thing, right? Like you can like Star Wars, you can be like, Oh, you know what? This space battle, seen it. I'm gonna run off and take a leak. You come back and you're fine because there was no dialogue for seven and a half minutes, just some effects you can watch on YouTube at a later date. But Wes Anderson, uh, I don't know. You got to kind of head head on a swivel for that shit. But but once again, I have to say, I don't think any Wes Anderson movie is underrated because they are very much looked at by film critics and film buffs and even normal film nerds like us as, you know, something to be watched. And I go back to an SNL skit called The Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders, <laughs> uh, which stars Owen Wilson, and it is if Wes Anderson made a horror movie, and it's a Wes Anderson uh, little skit about, uh, like, hey, can we come and kill you? Dear killers, no, you may not. And they're writing letters back and forth, and it's it's so Wes Anderson, like, even Wes Anderson must love this skit. Uh, so, uh yeah, he's like like I said, he's almost a subgenre of movies. Like Wes Anderson movies are Wes Anderson movies. That's it, and uh, that's why I'm not sure if it if it fits so well. But I do love that movie. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, Mikey, what do you got next, everybody? Uh, for my last one, I'm going to go with another movie that was, had a budget of eight million dollars and raked in four million dollars. It was a box office. Flop from 1994. It stars Jessica Walter. Okay. Um, we should have been doing this all like this. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, fucked up there. John Favreau. John Favreau. Okay. Okay. John Favreau okay. And Jessica Walters. Oh, oh. interesting. Okay. Jake Busey. More. Jake Busey. Jake the Snake Busey. Mm-hmm. Would have been pretty young in 94. David Spade. Oh, God. Is that, is that Swingers? Jeremy yeah, Piven. Not swingers. Jeremy Piven. Oh, oh, oh. Got it. Uh, PCU. PCU. That's a good movie, PCU. Uh, before there was Van Wilder, <laughs> there was PCU. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Politically Correct University, PCU, it is it is just a delightful comedy of a prefrosh who comes to a campus and yeah, turns <laughs> everyone in the campus against him. Meanwhile, the pit, which is Jeremy Piven, who is, by the way, already balding and an eighth-year <laughs> senior. <laughs> which I think is autobiographical. Yeah, he's got – the pit is – because they, they don't allow fraternities anymore. So uh, it's an old fraternity house, but they can't call themselves a fraternity. He's got one guy who sits on the couch all day long who's working on his thesis. Tom, do you remember what the thesis is? Yes. Is there ever an hour in television where if you look hard enough, you can't find a Gene Hackman movie? Gene Hackman or Michael Caine. <laughs> Or Michael Gaines in yes. every on the TV. His thesis is that at every moment of the day, there's either a Gene Hackman or a Michael Caine movie playing somewhere on cable TV. And so he stays up the whole time. Just, and that's all he does is watch TV. And what's the movie that proves his thesis? Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill. 
Terrestrial starring Michael Caine and Gene Hackman. This is it. This is my thesis. I am done. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, John Favreau as uh, Gutter, a stoner who gets sent out to buy beer, but it accidentally doesn't gets lost. He he so he he goes to a George Clinton concert and misses it because. He's uh, too stoned to go in, uh, a, and a little old lady is asking him how to get to the campus, but uh, I, I don't want to spoil it, but what he hears is totally different. <laughs> also, he's a music major who had never heard of George Clinton and the Parliament fucking Delics before, which is funny in itself. He's a music major who only listens to heavy metal, so yes. he doesn't know any other genre, but it is a great movie because... It pokes fun at the politically correct culture that was on campuses. I remember when I went to college in the late 80s, there were people who were way too serious about their fucking protests that were going on. And this just totally makes fun of it. Uh, I'm going to spoil it. At the end of it, he convinces uh, Jeremy Piven, convinces everybody to protest protests. Uh, we have no more protests. So the, he causes a spontaneous protest for no more protests. When they lock Jessica Walters and David Spade in the room with Afternoon Delight playing over and over again, it's just great. There's a lot of fun in that movie. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the only problem with it is that the far right has idolized this movie and they point to it as predicting the future, and they they make a bad analogy because they they talk about the these crazy protests like the the womanists are or the there's a vegan thing saying meat is murder, so the guys from the pit throw a hundred pounds of meat at them from a window, um, and they're like this is great, but they they confuse it. They're not doing hate speech. Right. They don't understand parody of parody. Yeah. yeah. So. They're, they're mistaking satire. Yes. They don't get it. They don't get it. But anyway. It. So I really like Jeremy Piven. Um, I wasn't uh, – it was probably the only reason I could manage to watch Entourage. Uh, Christina loved Entourage, so we used we watched like all of it. But I will say my... – Well, that, that sounds like a doomsday. <laughs> Too soon? Is it too soon? It's too soon. Not too, too soon. soon. Sorry. But Mikey did voice one of your favorite characters on Justice League Unlimited. Oh, he was the Martian Manhunter. Born, Man Born no. a beast. He was a elongated man. Oh, oh no I'll shit! I can see that. Yeah. Sure. Oh, oh. Just random. Yeah. Right. I got a ton of uh, uh, of letters. Yeah, so we can go through one at a time if you want. Uh, one of my big runners-up, and I really love this movie, was the pirate movie. Uh, did you guys watch the pirate movie? Is that Ice yeah. Pirates? You know, no, no, I was going to say Ice Pirates. Ice Pirates but... is a good movie, and I think that's underrated too. But the pirate movie was... It was, um, it was a Pirates of Penzance sort of spinoff. There you go. You're right, LT. It was because you, you kind of like uh, musicals like me. And it started, um, what's her name, the real young cute girl. Are you talking about oh, the one with Kristen G- McNichols? Thank you, Kristen McNichols. Yeah, it was called The Pirate Movie, huh. and uh, it was terrific. Uh, maybe a little bit before some of your times. 
but it was kind of a dopey, fun take on the Pirates of Penzance. They did most of the music from the Pirates of Penzance, and they threw in some weird pop songs for no fucking reason. It all starts because they got to sell money. They got to sell albums. They got to sell tickets. Uh, I think Leif Erickson was like the other lead or some, one of those pop like Leif Garrett. Yeah. Leif Garrett, thank you. And um, like she's on a boat and it's the modern world, it's the 80s and she's like not the prettiest girl at the sorority but she hits her head and all of a sudden she's in the Pirates of Penzance and it's kind of that kind of fantasy thing. And it's kind of fun and dopey and I enjoyed it. Josh, give me a runner up. I mean, it pretty much has to be Hudson Hawk. Damn, I don't know if that's underrated though, but I love what? that it's movie. It's way underrated. Lost a lot of money. Lost a Did lot it? of Good. money. Good. I agree with a you. A lot of money. That movie was panned when it came out. Everyone thought it was the, the and they did a, such a terrible job on the preview. Uh, oh, it was a terrible preview. I remember that. Because everybody thought it was going to be like a serious action movie. They were showing them like swinging and doing all this shit and doing all this stuff. And none of the ridiculousness that should have like been there with that. It was pretty terrible, yeah. So yeah, movie got panned, and I love Hudson Hawk with all of my heart and mind. What's your favorite line from the movie? <laughs> Everyone gets his favorite line. Go ahead, Josh. Anthony, are you okay? <laughs> Tommy. Would you believe it? Would you believe it? Mikey. Uh, I like them singing, swinging on a star as they go do the heist. Nun, you kissed a nun. Uh, she's a nun. <laughs> she's a nun. LT, give me a runner up. Uh, Ice Pirates. Oh, that's a great one. Ice Pirates is terrific. That's a solid pick, LT. Solid pick. And then, you know what? Not only is it a solid pick, but I also got to say that I think it did. Uh, um, it was a fun parody before, there were a lot of good fun parodies. So it might even be a precursor to some of the fun parodies we see later. Yeah. Which there, really, like there really wasn't any like sci-fi comedy, really, yeah. at that point. I mean, Space Herpes is just really fucking amazing. Time travel at the end. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was just saying Space Herpes is just amazing. Yeah. Space Herpes is amazing. Mike, you got a runner-up? Yeah, I'm going to go with another musical. Uh, it's a... An Irish movie. Uh, and again, this did not make its money back. Uh, it lost uh, about a million dollars, uh, but it's the commitments. Uh, that lost money? Yeah. I that yeah. Was a big hit. Did not do well at the box office. Uh, Good but soundtrack. Fucking amazing soundtrack. Great soundtrack. I mean, I mean <laughs> but it was, it, it was a great soundtrack because they picked great songs and they redid them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they did a pretty good job of, of redoing those songs. I didn't think any of that movie was disrespectful to uh, Motown or the songs they were playing. Yeah. In my opinion, my personal opinion, I thought the respect was there. Um, that was a great one. I, I got a musical too. Uh, who's seen Somewhere Under the Rainbow? Of course. Yeah, I think I saw of course. it. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was a brilliant movie, brilliant and stupid. It stars a lot of little people uh, as the extras, kind of solving a mystery, kind of not solving a mystery, uh, and uh, it was fun. Yeah, Chevy Chase, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. That I, I think that's the movie Carrie Fisher's most known for, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That, that and the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah, the Blues Brothers. Not the Blues Brothers. I mean, yeah. I mean everybody knows him from the Blues Brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love to have said that was underrated, but it was not. <laughs> it was a good movie, though. LT, I'm 
sorry, uh, Josh. What do you got last? Uh, next. Uh, I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with two Rutger Hauer movies, less than two years apart. Blind Fury. <laughs> nope. Uh, Lady Hawk. Oh yeah. Hawk. And Excellent. Flesh and Blood. Flesh and oh, Blood. Yeah. Flesh and Blood. Flesh and Blood is underrated. That's another great D and D movie. Lady Hawk never made money, by the way. Really? Never to this day. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's a gross, good movie. Yeah. Twenty million to make worldwide gross eighteen. Wow. wow. That was second, a fantastic movie. Second best depiction of a thief D and D character in a movie ever. It was yeah. really good for that. And I don't even know Flesh and Blood. I mean, I'd be surprised if Flesh and Blood. <sighs> Flesh and Blood had a big budget. They did a lot of shit in that movie. And Flesh and Blood still gets talked about like it's a horrible movie. <laughs> really? Because it was a good yeah. movie. I like yeah. it. Yeah. People Third, in Hollywood still do not talk about it like it's a good movie. Third best rape scene I've ever seen. Oh, well, you didn't see that micro wrestling. <laughs> Uh, I already gave you Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, let's see, what else can I give you? Uh, chasing Amy, you say? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, I'll just read out my little list real quick. Uh, Jason X, uh, which is Jason from the... Is that, is that the one there in space? That's right, Jason oh, X. I love that movie. I think it's so much fun. It's stupid, <laughs> but I love it. Uh, Brick. Have you guys seen Brick? I seen oh, it. I, I love Brick. Brick. Is, oh, Brick is fantastic. so underrated. That was one of my runners-up. So it's close as we've been so far. So I would say Moon, but I think Moon was pretty well rated. Moon? Moon. Yeah, I think Moon was pretty well rated. Yeah. And it but, was a pr- uh, yeah, it was a good movie though. It was a great movie though. But you never really, like, it never really got, like, a lot of, like, fanfare. Like, it wasn't really advertised that well. No, it didn't. No, they didn't really do a big thing in the theaters. That was, like, an art house movie. Yeah. And the, and the budget reflected that. Let me tell you how bad Flesh and Blood did. So Flesh and Blood was actually made in Spain for the low, low price of $6.5 million. And you know what the total box office U.S. sales were? 220000 Oh, you almost made it, but half that. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> thank God for Skinamax. Also, thank you very much, Wikipedia. And tell me uh, you haven't watched Flesh and Blood without telling me you haven't watched Flesh and Blood. The thing is, it's a 1985 romantic historical adventure film. Oh, yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. Flesh and Blood, tons of romance. Where's the romance? So romantic. <laughs> Was it in the Was it in the Black Death? Where was the romance? Right. <laughs> while the kid was beating the drum, while Rutger Hauer is to keep time with Rutger Howard's thrust while she's being raped. Yeah, romance. That's romance. You That's know why? How you get you know the why lady is? COVID. Because he turned on the radio. Oh. Yeah, he he hired that drummer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if this counts because I think it did well, but Buckaroo Banzai. It did not do well. It did not, it did do, not well. do Yeah. Not oh, good. Really, that was a really underrated good. movie. <laughs> was it? I think it's a niche movie. Honestly, I think it's an overrated movie. Really? Yeah. Have you, have you, have seen you watched it? it lately? <laughs> I was going to say, have you seen it on a really good TV? It ain't good. 
I've never I've never owned a really good TV. Like Josh, I can't watch Josh's TV because it looks like there are people on the other side of the wall doing a play for me. It distracts me. It's so, so good. So I'd only ever seen this movie on a bad TV. And then I watched it on a good TV, and I'm like, this is not as bad as I remember it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's turned into a cult classic. Uh, certainly when it came out, it was panned, and almost nobody saw it. But since yeah. then, it has this you know, wild, you know, rabid fan base. And I tried to rewatch it, and I was like, yeah, maybe not. You know, I like it for maybe the I stuff. Maybe I was caught in nostalgia here. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh, last one for me, uh, I think this last one for me, is also um, Real Genius. I really, really love that movie. I don't think that's, un- I don't think that's underrated. Yeah. I, I think I, that I... made money. Really? Yeah. You know, the money's aside, I think that was a really good, fun, romantic comedy that people it don't really think It was a good, fun, about. romantic I, I comedy. I love yeah. Genius. Yeah. I'm just not sure that's a, I'm not sure that hits the underrated one. The underrated That's one. why I didn't make my top five. That's fair. Yeah. Those are the two that I put at the bottom of the list. I'm like, I love those. They're crazy. I think I should have put Brick a little higher because Brick really was Brick. genius. Yeah, well, I if mean, you Brick guys like film. noir, I got the noir movie for you. It stars Emma Thompson, Kenneth Branham, oh, uh, I got and Andy Garcia. You got it? Yeah, I already got it. What was it? Dead Ringers? Nope. Close. Wayne Knight and Robin Williams. Wayne Knight. Look, if you're going to go Andy oh, Garcia, oh. if you're going to go well, Andy Garcia, then you need to do Denver. things, from, things uh, to do in job. Denver when you're dead. Things to do in Denver when you're dead is amazing, but I'm talking about dead again. Yeah, dead. No, you, that's what I said. I said dead again. No, you said Dead Ringers, which was a different movie. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I meant I did mean dead again, though, because I, I can see Robin Williams in the meat coat. Oh, yeah. He's fucking scary. He's only in the movie for like two minutes, and he's freaky. Yeah, so Robin Williams plays this doctor who now has to be a butcher because he fucked up so bad. Dead Ringers is terrific. Dead again. For no reason. Dead dead again. again. You're right. (laughs) I keep saying Dead Ringers. And for no reason, one of the bad guys is really good at martial arts, and it's hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) Because every time he catches them, he just gets his ass kicked. So, yeah, if you like noir, go see Dead Again. Uh, Also, if you like thrillers, how about this? It stars Christopher Walken and Johnny Depp. Is that the film with the stigmata? No, it is Nick of Time, where Johnny Depp plays a dad who's got his daughter with him, and Christopher Walken and another agent kidnap the daughter and tell him if he doesn't kill the governor they will kill his daughter and he has till like a few hours to go get a gun and get set up and get ready for it it is a real-time movie so like every second is real time even though you're not watching him the whole time but uh it's a very good movie too it's very underrated and did did not do well at the box office it had a $33 million budget, and it made $8 million. Nice. I did like the Johnny Depp bookseller one that you're talking about, LT. Uh, yeah, that's the one where he's in the cabin. He's a horror writer. No, no. This is one, <laughs> no, no, this is one with, uh, with, uh, with Johnny Depp and Christopher Walken, and Johnny Depp keeps having stigmata, and he thinks he can heal people. 
uh, and Christopher Walken tries to sell that. Huh. I'm thinking of a different movie, L2. Okay. And then I'm going to go with one that actually did make uh, money, but – oh, no, it did not make money, sorry. $45 million budget, made $11 million. Josh, I'm sure you've seen it, but if you haven't, it is the best Aliens movie that is not called Aliens. And that is Deep Rising. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rising, come on. Josh and I saw Deep Rising in the theater together. No, yeah, no, I saw no, the theater. The underwater one? Yeah. Well, not it's underwater. Like it's a cruise ship instead of a a moon that they land on. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's a really good action movie, and it's funny. Yeah. It's just a yeah, stupid no. horror movie. Yeah, Tom, that's not the one we saw, you're, you're thinking of. Hey, man. We're think, you were thinking of... Uh, uh, I think Deep is in the title. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea. No. The Deep? Deep Blue no. Sea, wasn't that the one with the sharks? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. The, the Event one, Horizon. No, Event Horizon. Event Horizon's in space. And it's in you're space. Right. No, it's the one where the, the the deep diving suit is on the Yeah, bottom. yeah, the guy drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, deep Blue Six or something. Uh, older Ooh. than that. Uh, I have one that actually made money, but I think it's criminally underrated, even though it made $46 million at the box office. And that's The Rocketeer. Because The Rocketeer does not get enough love as a great fucking superhero movie. And I, it is, have, I have cosplayers out there doing The Rocketeer. You're right about that. Sure. Deep Star Six. Deep Star Six. There you go. Uh, the movie I was thinking of, which I did, was The Ninth Gate, which I loved. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, what's his name? Uh, the director who can't live in America. Yes. Roman Polanski. That's a Roman, Roman Polanski because he touched a child. And you shouldn't do that. Let's work against that. <laughs> We are really against that. I have two bad movies that aren't really underrated, but I just love them. Uh, that is uh, FDR, American Badass. Okay. Uh, where He's FDR uh, is in a wheelchair because he was bitten by a lycanthrope. Uh, they cause polio with their bites, so it's FDR fighting a bunch of werewolves. Which was, by the way, by the same guy who wrote... Abraham Lincoln, Werewolf Click, Slayer. Okay. Which I loved. Vampire Killer. I'm sorry, Vampire Slayer. I don't know how it did in the theater. I'm about to look it up. But The Abyss is always a great movie. Speaking of war movies. And oh, I don't yeah. think that got a lot of, like, actual attention back in the day. But, man, I thought that was a fantastic film. It did not make money. Uh, you know what, uh... One of Guillermo del Toro's first films in the U.S. was Mimic, which was a really oh, yeah. good horror movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, if you like big bugs and you cannot lie, see Mimic. <laughs> All right, I think that does it for it. Does anyone have any uh, lasts? No, I think we shotgunned out like fifty at the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, All good movies and. Uh, for dear listeners, listen to this again. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to wear a little, little side piece. Listen to this again. Make a list of these movies. These are all really worth watching. Not one of these movies, uh, maybe The Ninth Gate, 
<laughs> is it worth a second look? I still love that movie. Uh, it's 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 worth a look. And if you're in it for 45 minutes and you're like, not for me, that's fine. But these are fun, good movies. Give it a, a go. And if you don't think Brick is brilliant, that's on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> So if you want to make comments about our list and tell us what you would have on your list. Like we didn't do Buffalo 66. There's a ton of good movies we need to get to. Yeah. So I never liked, but people think it's brilliant. (laughs) If you want to give us your list, go ahead and tweet us over at the Longbox guys or send us an email to lucky bastard at the com. Or you can go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the longbox guys, where you can become a Patreon. And for a mere $1 a month, you get a bonus podcast. Every week we decide to release a podcast. It's called The Geek Leak, where we talk about all the geeky thing we do besides comic books. Uh, so, uh, And all the money that we get from that does not go to us. goes to Elizabeth Peabody House to help feed uh, people over at the food bank. And they really could use help right now because we're, we're, everyone's getting strained out there. So stop doing well and start doing good. Go ahead over and donate to us at the Patreon. If Neil Adams told us anything, it was that. Mike, what do you have at the front of the long box, buddy? At the front of the long box, I have a movie that I watched this weekend, and it's fucking delightful. It is Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Uh, it is the new movie that's out on uh, Disney+. Plus. It stars um, Mulaney as... Chip and uh, Andy Sandberg as Dale. Um, and it is shot in the style of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So there are live action people walking around with cartoons. And they do really cool stuff with different types of animation, too. And it's uh, it gets it all into the world of bootlegging. Um, and it's it's just a fun movie. I sat there, watched it, enjoyed it. Uh, it's not going to win any Oscars, but by golly, I like looking for all the Easter eggs that were all over the place. And one of Tony Isabella's creations is in the movie. Is it Black Vulcan? No. <laughs> Definitely not Black Vulcan. I saw Tony tweet about it this week, so I got the uh, spoiler. So, yeah. I, I, you know what? Let me watch it one time. If I don't get it, you guys can tell me. You'll okay. get it. There's a there's a absolutely zero percent chance you will not you will not get it. All right then, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what you got in the back of the long box, but I, and I'm dying to see that by the way. What do you got in the uh, back? Oh, I one have... last thing. One last thing on that. It was like five years ago when someone pointed out that Chip and Dale are doing cosplay of Indiana Jones and Tom Selleck's Magnum, and I never got that as a kid. Okay. Uh, they they have a lot of a lot of time in the movie is spent at comic conventions, uh, like Dale's on the circuit signing autographs and stuff, and uh, Ugly Sonic is there. Uh, uh, it is it's just a lot of fun. Uh, they just pull from everywhere. Yeah, and on that line, Tom Selleck was the original cast choice for Indiana Jones. That is true. That is 100 percent true. LT, what do you have the back of the long box? I don't know why you're having it hot there, LT. That's true. You I'm just trying it. to imagine it. It is weird. It is weird to imagine. It is weird. But no, I, you know, no, it's not because he would have just done it more like. Um, He's just yeah. a, little, a little more soft. 
Yeah. Uh, you've never fucking seen Quigley Down Under. Damn right you haven't. A baby ate my dingo. No, that doesn't sound right. I think I say my babies. I think they were a little more smiling to the camera. <laughs> Go ahead, LT. Anyway, I have Bramble. This is a this is a, an art house comic book. Uh, it is a steampunk uh, ecological detective story. It is the artwork is just beautiful in it. It is a, a very esoteric book about this country giant going into the big city and he sees things very differently than the rest of the world he is trying to prevent this industrialized world encroaching upon and destroying the ecological nature of the world and he sees things in a totally different way and because of that he just kind of like goes off and uh tends to do things that people don't do in normal society, but he's trying to, to fight back a force of nature. And in this book, um, and it's just, I'm two thirds of the way through the story. I've read two volumes out of three. And so far it's just been really good. Um, the artwork is fantastic, but it is definitely an artsy. It's definitely an art house film in book form. Um, but it's a, it's a European film book by Nesmo and Jean David Moran. And it's all about nature versus industrialized Asian. Uh, and it's basically about these two ancient forces, one beating back the other, and then retreating into, into a sort of long slumber and allowing the industrialization to sort of creep and start to take over. And this is this giant is this avatar of nature trying to fight back. And it's, so far, it's great. LT, is this on Comixology? Um, it is, but it's not on Unlimited. Oh. I was just wondering how hard is it to find? Uh, it's not that hard to find. Because there's apparently only one Bramble. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> All right, is ready for a quick 3D18? Hit me. Custard versus ice cream 3D18. Frozen custard. Okay. I'm giving custard a solid 17. I love me some custard. So it's not versus ice cream. You're just asking us to do frozen custard, uh, right? Yeah, custard. 3 to 18. Sorry. Frozen custard. I usually only get it down south. I rarely get it up here because it's not as good. Frozen custard, 3 to 18. I'm going to give it a solid 17. And for those who don't know what the difference is between ice cream and frozen custard, it's just the way they're made. They're eggs and custard. Yeah. Yeah. Fade or down. They they have to cook the custard, whereas in ice cream, you mix it all together and freeze it. Yeah. Custard takes some skill. Yeah, I'm going to go with a solid uh, 17 also, especially Andy's custard in Pigeon Forge. Uh, We knew it was going to be a great place to go get frozen custard because the line was just crazy long you know i've got to say that andy's frozen custard is probably the best frozen custard i've ever had yeah all right i'm gonna give it a 17 good on anybody you. else's frozen custard i might give a 16 but andy's i'm gonna give a 17 good man i'll take that josh frozen custard uh 
Yeah, I like custard. I like ice cream. Probably not my favorite desserts. I give it a 15. 15 is still solid. I like that score. So I will say this. Ice cream, I think, has more flavors than you'll find in frozen custard. But frozen custard, tastier. Yeah, I just like frozen custard. And I did find out that frozen custard has an illegal bastard brother-in-law called, uh, just called custard, uh, which is like eggnog, and southern people drink it. Like, it's, yeah, they drink it out of a gallon jug like it's eggnog, and it kind of tastes like what custard would be like if you melted it, and it is probably the most efficient way to become a fat bastard on the planet. Like, if you really like, geez, I need to become a fat bastard, and I only have two months, just drink this shit. Yeah, where was that <laughs> stuff when I was trying to get into the army? <laughs> uh, I so don't what's, know. what's your feeling on frozen pudding? It's an abomination I, to God. I, You know, I only liked one pudding my entire life, and that was Sylvester Stallone's protein pudding. They made it back in the 80s. It was delicious. It had 20 grams of protein in it, and now it has been a Jeopardy question twice. My wife is like, how the fuck did you know that? I said, because I was addicted to that shit back when I was a wrestler and I was in good shape. <laughs> Where'd you get all that pudding? Shh, oh, don't, don't you. Don't you Because I've only that. seen frozen pudding once. LT, do you want to tell us where you got that from? No, I mean, Kimball's is the only place I've seen frozen pudding. <laughs> I would say that's a pretty leading question, but Kimball's? No. Kimball's Farm Mountain West Room? You've never been to Kimball's? Like, we've all been to Kimball's Farm in Westford. It's like, it's like pretty well known in Massachusetts. Is it LT? Josh, have you been to Kimball's? Yep. All right, Mike? Never heard of it. All right. Never it's amazing. Only the people with diabetes have heard of this place. <laughs> Okay, just real quick. So on the lines of for uh, the folks of uh, with us who are uh, not on the Patreon, uh, but everything was themed today. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna flip the switch just a little bit and say, out there, there's a movie when you heard about it or it was first announced or maybe even a trailer. You thought to yourself, this is the they made this movie for me. Like I am the target audience, but yet. Not so much. Uh, I got two. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, as soon as I saw that uh, trailer, I was like, oh, they're finally making a D&D movie. They've got Jeremy Irons in it. It's going to be amazing. And then I watched it. Wah, wah, wah. Tom, what do you got? Oh, I got two. They're tied. I was so mad at both of these movies. Um, I, Frankenstein. I love the book so much. The movie could not have sucked balls worse. Totally not the book. 100% not the book. I've watched it again to see if maybe if I disassociated, I'd like it. Now that I, after watching it, thinking, don't think of the book, don't think of the book. I didn't hate it as much, 
but it's still terrible. And one that I absolutely loathe, the new Kingsman movie. I love the Kingsman movies. And they were going to go back in time and they to show the beginnings of the Kingsman. And they showed Rasputin, which was the only good thing of the movies, was that one fight scene. And the rest of the movie was an anti-war movie in a fucking war movie. You did not understand the assignment. <laughs> you can't have an anti-war movie in the middle of a war movie and, and not expect cognitive dissonance. It was an abomination to the other Kingsman movies. It was the worst movie I've ever seen. I would wow. say Apocalypse Now might be an anti-war movie set in a war. Yeah, if not that, I, you could go with Platoon. I mean, like, you could do it correctly. You're but right. You, you have to be, you know, Francis Ford Coppola or Oliver Stone in order to yeah. do it correctly. Yeah. Some of the most brilliant actors and directors in the world were in that movie. So, yes, you're right. You could do it right if you have an unlimited amount of talent. I'll tell you what he got. Good so, I mean, hearing Tom's description, I would have to say that I felt the same way about Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Because I was looking forward to that movie, and then I saw it, and I was like, this action is unbelievable, in that I can in no way believe this action. That was the point. It was so over the top. It was great. I love that No, movie. no. I, I, I just, there was no, there was no, it, it was so unbelievable, I could not suspend my disbelief enough to believe it. That's you not having fun. Josh, I'm I think sorry. I know yours. I, so I there was a Can culmination of oh sure yeah go ahead World War Z no oh, okay. but close it it wasn't it was an adaptation but so Tom you want to guess I Robot nope but that was an abomination and also an abomination abomination but for me the movie I thought was like this was made for me because first there was the comic and I thought dear comic people you have put your chocolate in my peanut butter. And I adore you. And then the Aliens vs. Predator movie came out. (laughs) Slap in the face of the fans. A slap in the face of the fans. Ugh. (coughs) Not good. Not Not good. good. Indeed. That brings us to plugs. Anyone got anything to plug? I'd like to take... Something coming up. Well, I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you're listening to this on YouTube and you're like, what music? Well, I'm fucking lazy. So go check out our podcast if you want to hear Kirby Crackle's music. I'd like to thank geekorthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com, purveyor of fine stained glass prints and other geeky things, such as Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses and uh, sake sets and you name it, they got it. If you want t-shirts, you got to go to IanLino.com. But other than that, GeekOrthodox.com. And by the time you're listening to this, uh, it probably will be over. But if you go to IanLino.com this weekend, so probably not, uh, you're going to you could get a discount. Because it's his 13th annual birthday blowout sale. So mm-hmm. you can get 20% off all his geeky t-shirts, I which are awesome. Birthday. 
And if you're listening to this, you probably have just one week left to come see us at AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C. Our panel is Saturday evening in some room that you can probably find on the Internet because I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 75% of us will be there. I'll be in Vermont working. That's okay. JB is going to just tell everybody he's LT, so it'll be fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Who's JB? Don't you worry about who JB is. Oh, <laughs> I see. You're just going to replace me with somebody else that has two initials. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Justin Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Biebs. The Biebs. Oh, God. The don't Biebs. do that. What? Oh, be just fine. a Not all Canadians are the same, man. Oh, hey. Wait, you're Canadian all of a sudden? Uh, I'm of Canadian descent. Oh, that, I freak, well, I thought Mike, I knew Mike was uh, with the Quebec separation movement, but I did not know you were of Canadian descent. Uh, both, sets I didn't my, both sets of my grandparents are from Canada. Yeah, but, I mean. Canada. It's Canada. It's not like, yeah. it's not like you can't. That is the worst humble brag ever. Back to something else besides Canada. I mean, are they from Canada. Canada or did they come to Canada? They emigrated from Canada, right? But where were they before Canada? I'm asking where they were before Canada. They just stopped in Canada before they kept coming. Yeah. No. No. No, they're native Canadians. I mean, sure, their lineage eventually went back to another country. I'm guessing that is my point. <laughs> See, you know, you don't like have one generation in Canada and then claim to be native Canadian. <laughs> Am I wrong here? Am I crazy? I, I think mean, you're, you're. I think you're. You're picking on his grandparents for no good reason. I think it's like an immigration okay. rest stop. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's Josh. You put it perfectly. Immigration rest stop. <laughs> and we I, all I took think... a dump in Canada. Yeah. I mean, they spend a couple of generations in Canada. Yeah, I still have couple. relatives in Canada. So, it's my point. You're European and you know it. Uh, he's American. He was born in the yeah, United States. I'm American with I'm Canadian, sorry. of Canadian descent. I'm Canadian. Fine. What's that all about? Don't you mind, See, eh? <laughs> And I think that will do it for us this week on the uh, the, 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 the long box, guys. Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's uh, very strange because LT doesn't watch hockey. I know, weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> LT, any words of wisdom uh, for us down here as hosers? You know, I do have some some relatives that do play hockey. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to get my fourth shot. That's all I'm saying. I'm on the I'm on the cusp. Just a little over a week, and I'll be getting my fourth shot. Josh, Washington DC is that your uh, is that your sector? DC will be our sector. Come by our panel and give us a how are you now? How are you now? And that'll do it for us. Don't forget what I always say. Don't just what you hate. Just just promote what you love. You live longer. Thank you for the long box, guys. Bye. We're on the road. We're going home.